If you were here on the first week, you would remember that um, we were encouraged to keep our prayers simple, to keep them real and to keep them up. And then last week we focused on our Father that is in heaven, hallowed be your name. We focused on how to adore God, how to start our prayers by pausing, by allowing our souls to settle, to focus on Him, and then to rejoice, to rejoice in His greatness, to rejoice in His intimacy. And as we rejoice in His greatness and His intimacy, we find that we, our, life, um, our life makes sense. It's like we find our context in Him. Um, and so that's what we've been learning. And then today we are going to focus on give us this day our daily bread. We've been going through the acronym PRAY, P-R-A-Y, pause, rejoice, and today we're focusing on ask. Ask, the most basic kind of form of prayer. So why don't we pray and then we'll get into it. Oh, Father, holy is Your Name. Great are You, God, worthy of all of our praise and honour. We love You, Lord. We're so grateful that we could come before You and learn from You. Jesus, You are our teacher, our rabbi, and we want to shape our lives after You. So guide us today, Lord. Speak to us. It's in Your Name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Nice little segue. <laughs> Asking the most basic form of prayer. I know many people, they began their relationship with God when they were in like a dire situation and they just were like, God, if you're real, <laughs> would you help? I've heard it said that there are no atheists, no atheists on a plane that is falling to the ground. <laughs> it's that, God, if you're real, God, help. <laughs> Help! It's the basic, it's the most basic form of pray of praying is is asking, and so we're going to be looking at asking today how to ask God. When Jesus' disciples said to him, "Jesus, teach us how to pray," we know that he gave us the Lord's prayer. But what we may not know, and they did know, is that the first kind of part, the first section that Jesus prayed was actually very similar to a Jewish liturgy that they would have heard prayed over and over again growing up. And it was the prayer of Kaddish. And so the prayer of Kaddish, I think we're going to put it up there, um, is magnified and hallowed be His great name in this world which He created according to His will. And may He establish His kingdom during your life. So it sounds quite similar to our Father that is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I love that Jesus personalised it by adding my Father, our Father. But then He goes on to get all like creative off script <laughs> and He adds a whole lot of asking. He says to give us this daily bread, forgive us Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the enemy. These are all asking. And I love that Jesus, He frees us to ask. 
He frees us to ask. And I know some of us can feel like a bit bad, like, oh, I just go to God and it's like I'm just asking. But He actually frees us to ask. If we don't have those moments of pausing and rejoicing in Him, of course, we're missing the relational, like this beautiful aspect. But He frees us to ask. He really does. And um, I've been thinking about those times when I was young and I was a really shy kind of kid and um, my sisters used to speak for me and mum trying to get me like, you know, out of my shell, she used to make me be like, Katie, would you go and would you, um, you know, order the drinks or order the fish and chips? And I'll just be like, <laughs> it's like a worst nightmare. I don't know if anyone can relate to that as a kid and just feeling so scared to ask. Um, it made me think of my kids and when we would uh, go to our friends' houses and they might have provided a little, um, you know, had juice there for the kids. Um, but they would come up to me and be like, Mom, can, can, can you please ask for a drink? <laughs> can you ask them for some juice? And I'd be like, no, like, it's okay. You can ask them because I know my friend. I know that they actually even brought the juice for them. It's okay to go to ask. And it's like Jesus is kind of encouraging us like that. He knew the Father and He was saying, I know Him. It's okay to go to Him and to ask. Give us today our daily bread, daily for today. Do you go through your day stressing about your needs or do you go to God with them? What are your needs today? When you wake up in the morning, what are your needs? We usually have our worries. How am I gonna do this? And how am I gonna get there? And maybe it's provision for actual food. Maybe you need strength, peace. Self-control, maybe you need healing for your body, maybe you need wisdom, maybe you just, you're like, I just need a good friend. We wake up with these needs and, and, and often we worry about them rather than praying about them. And Philippians 4 verse 6 says, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Last night I was feeling so ill and I was worrying about tomorrow and I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to preach three times tomorrow. And I remember, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Okay, I'm not gonna worry about tomorrow, which is another teaching that Jesus said, which is in Matthew 6, 31. Don't worry about these things, what we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. He also goes on to say, don't worry about tomorrow. Worrying about tomorrow does not add a single hour, or a single moment to your life. It doesn't do anything for you. <laughs> instead, pray. So instead, I was like, all right, I can't worry about tomorrow. That's not gonna help anything. I pray, Lord, as I sleep, you'd bring healing to my body. And I've been able to do today, great, it's been fine. I've been well enough. So thank God for that. Dallas Willard, um, he said, how do we know when we're really getting this? Like, how do we know when we're really getting that teaching of Jesus that we don't worry about today, that we don't worry about our future? And he said, well, in the same way that when you look at your past, you don't worry about what will happen in your past, do you? It's happened, right? <laughs> you may not have liked it, but you don't worry about what will happen in your past. And he said in the same way, if you looked at your today and your future with that same lack of worry, that's how you know you're getting it. 
That's how you know you're living out this teaching of Christ. And I believe we get there when we don't worry about anything. Instead, we pray about everything. And so we recognise when you're worrying about something today and you pray about it instead. And you might be thinking, okay, all right, I get praying about, you know, praying for strength, praying for wisdom, praying for healing, praying for these big things. But what about trivial requests and needs? What about praying for a car park? Are you one of those people that pray for a car park? We have car park, car park prayers in this room. Yeah, we do. And we have others that go to pray for a car park and think, oh, God's too busy for that. Yeah? Should we pray for a car park? I think yes. I think yes, we should pray for a car park because when we pray for places to park, we end up being people who celebrate God for a a car park. (laughs) Right? We end up aware of Him. We end up connecting with Him. We, We end up praising Him and interacting with Him more so than people that don't ask. When we invite God into everything, we begin to see Him everywhere. The Archbishop William Temple, he said, when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I stop praying, the coincidences stop happening. Just last week, we had, um, or the week before, had a small group um, and have like all of these incredible young adult ladies, me and Sharon, yes. I know there's lots of great... Yeah, I see you guys. Anyway, they came over and I've got this tea set that I got when I was 21 for my 21st. And so I brought it out and I bring that out often. I don't just, you know, I'm not the type of person that has pretty things and keeps them away. I use them. And so I was using it, but then like knife to my heart, I had one to like one short. I know. Woe is me. <laughs> really terrible situation. It was okay, I got out another one that was really pretty and she was really happy with her individual cup, but mm, I wasn't super happy about it. And it kind of bothered me. Anyway, the next day I had my other small group and there was enough teacups for the people. And I know this is huge. And, um, And I said to them, and I had been kind of talking to God about it, but not in a way that like, Lord, help me find another teacup. But I'd said to them, you know, I think if I continue to really look, I think in the op shops, I might find one of this particular teacups because I'd gone online, you can't find them anymore. Anyway, two days later, I'm trying to connect with my son and so trying to find something in common. So we go op shopping and it was for him, so it was not looking for me. And then I thought, I'm just gonna check out the blue and white section just in case. Just like right in front of me, my teacup. So I've been op shopping for 16 years since my 21st birthday. Never once have I seen it. Two days after I pray, or kind of even voice that it was something that I wanted, I came across it in the op shop. Coincidence, I don't know. Bit too random, I think. Bit too random. And there's been many occasions like that in my life where it's like a bit too random. And the funny part is, I always feel really like cringy praying those kind of prayers because come on, Katie, there's a war going on in the Ukraine, in Russia. People are praying for their lives and you're asking for a teacup. Doesn't sit right, you know? 
doesn't sit right. I was reading today that there are these beautiful young women in Iran and they were poisoned because people don't believe women should be educated over there and all these young women in these schools were poisoned. And I'm praying for a teacup. And God, you answered me? Man, he's amazing. It's like, I almost don't wanna pray for it because I'm like limiting him, but he's so good (laughs) and so big and so God that he loves when we pray those big prayers, but he also cares about you and what matters to you. And I think it was more than the teacup, right? It was that when I saw it, I was just like, oh my gosh. I'm reminded that, man, you really see me and you really hear me and you really are so good to me. So ask. Jesus frees us to ask for the big and for the small. Sometimes it can, I don't know if if you're like me and you're like, oh, it feels selfish. It's only selfish if our life isn't about serving Christ. But if your life is about serving Christ, then go ahead and ask. Matthew 7 verse 9, Jesus said, You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people, I thought that was a bit harsh, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father good gifts to those who ask Him? If I go back to Matthew um, 6 verse 31, so do not worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. They shouldn't dominate our thoughts, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Maybe you're thinking, okay, why, why even pray if God already knows everything and is gonna do whatever anyway? I know that's a lot of people are like, why? Like, why would I? If He already knows it all, if He already knows what I need, why would I pray? Well, firstly, it's relational. We pray because it's relational. I love the story of the woman who she'd been hemorrhaging for 12 years. She had suffered greatly and there was a crowd and they were all pressed in on Jesus. They were everywhere and in her desperation and she was so desperate to remain anonymous as well. She reached out and she touched Jesus and Jesus said, wait, someone touched me. And his disciples said, Jesus, everyone's touching you. And he said, no, I felt my power leave me. So she wanted to be anonymous, but he just wanted to chat. When she revealed herself, she shared her story. He wanted to hear her story. And then he blessed her. He said, your faith has made, me, made you well, go in peace. It's relational. He wants you to ask. He wants to hear your heart. He even wants to hear your story. He knows it. <laughs> And He wants to bless you. And we pray because it makes us vulnerable. And it's good to be vulnerable. It's especially good to be vulnerable to God. You know, to make a request is to admit an area of personal need, and that makes us vulnerable. It also extends trust to the person that we're asking. 
I love um, David. He was so vulnerable before God and he was, he just, he made his needs known to him. He was just so in his hands. You read that in his Psalms. Psalm 121, he said, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And we pray because it's intentional. Petitionary prayer, it requires something of us. It requires the activation of our wills. God made us in His image and He gave us free will, the will to choose, the will to choose what to do, what to say, how to act. And we get to choose if we pray or not and what we pray for. God's desire was always right from the beginning, right from the garden, was that we would partner with Him that we would be in partnership with Him, bringing about His kingdom on earth. When Jesus sent His disciples to go out, He said, heal the sick, deliver the people and, and tell them that the kingdom of God is here. It was partnership. It was always partnership. And Karl Barth said, he's this amazing theologian. He said, God does not act the same way whether we pray or not. Have you thought about that? God doesn't act the same way whether we pray or not. We actually work with God to determine results. We work with Him. Things change when we pray. He hears, He listens, and the course of our lives and others are changed. Families are changed. People are changed. Lives are changed. Trajectories are changed by our prayers. And I really think that the enemy really, like he, his, his intention is that we would lose sight of this, that we would forget the power that we have in our prayers, that it shapes things, it changes things. We literally partner with God to see His kingdom brought about in this earth. So what are you gonna pray? What are you gonna pray? You're gonna activate your wills. What could you pray? I mean, imagine if you started praying things like, God, show me when the enemy is trying to rob me of something. Show me right at the beginning. Show me. Imagine if you prayed prayers like, Lord, would you make your word really come alive to me? Like really? Would you help me to understand it? that it it wouldn't just change my life, but I would be able to offer wisdom to others. I mean, imagine, activate your will. And we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. You might've heard it, you probably heard it a lot. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I grew up and I had been taught to pray, you pray in the name of Jesus. And so I grew up praying in the name of Jesus. But when I, became, when I was kind of a young person, I looked at it more like a magic word. <laughs> and because I remember our pastor teaching on John 14, 14, yes, Jesus said, ask anything in my name and I will do it. And I just thought, okay then, make me rich in Jesus' name. <laughs> See, I didn't quite get what praying in the name of Jesus actually meant. It's not a magic word that we add on the end of our desires and that's what He's gonna do. 
Praying the name of Jesus means to pray according to His will, His character, and His purposes. And so when we pray in according to His will, His character, and His purposes, He says, ask anything in my name, and I will do it. And I believe Him. I believe Him. James, his brother, he said, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel, you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. It's important. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you might spend what you get on your pleasures. He's what he's saying. He's saying, you, the, the name of Jesus, it's not a magic word here. You can't pray with the wrong motives and expect God to answer you. We pray according to His will, His purposes, and His character. I read that the Christian prayer is not wishing, but asking, actively addressing specific requests to an actual person. It's pretty good, right? An actual person. So as we get to know Jesus and know what He's about and know His character and know the kind of amazing things that He would do and we pray in line with that, I think we're gonna see a real flow from heaven. Jesus healed bodies, so I'm gonna be praying for healing. Jesus delivered people from spiritual oppression, and so I'm going to pray for deliverance. Jesus gave peace, the kind that surpassed all understanding, the kind that was shocking, so I'm gonna pray for peace. He showed it was possible to have dominion over sin, so I will pray for that. Jesus asked for strength from His Father, so I'm gonna ask for strength. What are you gonna pray for? What are you gonna pray for? You do not have because you do not ask. That's what his brother James said. If you wanna get practical after this, this week, you can daily come before Him, just acknowledge your needs. What are my needs? What am I worrying about? Is it a meeting I need to go well? Is it, oh, I just, so anxious about this thing. I, I need your peace. I really need your favour in that conversation. God, I need, I need that. What do you need? Come before Him and ask Him. Maybe even write down a list. And then maybe if you've got some big prayers, something really big you're praying for, break it down into small pieces. So you can pray that every day and keep on asking.